It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Swing and a drive! Swing, there's a shot. High drive! Out of here! This laser beam of a home run for Brandon Crawford. First home run of the year for the Giants, and it's Joey Bart. Is. Challenger strikes out swinging. Bang! And as he struck him out. What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Inside Giant Moments. Yastrzemski! Gone! And late night Lamont strikes again. Belt was all over it. The captain. Great call, Parker. With Adam Copeland. Welcome back into the Inside Giant Moments podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. A great episode for you today as we get ready to honor an all-time San Francisco Giant this Saturday at Oracle Park. And what better way to do it than against the rival L.A. Dodgers? Uh, How about this? Just a a couple of homestands or really just a couple of series left at home. One more homestand left, a six-game homestand remaining for the Giants after these three against the Dodgers this weekend. But Hunter Pence is going to go up on the Wall of Fame and so deserving one of the all-time favorite san francisco giants and there are trades there are moves that go down in teams and in franchise histories that sort of change the course be it good or bad for that franchise's sort of next generation the giants had that going already with a guy like tim lincecum and madison bumgarner right they go and they uh, they bring up matt kane in 2005 so you've got your core of pitchers right there brian wilson in the bullpen then they bring up sergio romo and you sprinkle in some guys in free agency and via trade guys like santiago casilla and then of course javier lopez that made up the core four and by the way all four of those guys are going up on the uh, the wall of fame at some point when the giants decide to uh to officially honor the core four but brian wilson already up there it would be cool if the uh, the other three end up going up on the wall all uh, all together that would be a, a great way to honor them anyway the hunter pence trade is, uh, is something that changed the course of giants history they don't win the world series in 2012 they don't win it in 2014 and we don't get this player that means so much to the organization that from his core seems so genuine, so outgoing. Uh, I don't know that I can remember a bad day in the media for, for Hunter Pence. When things were going rough, he was always sort of a beacon of light, a guy who could ignite the clubhouse. And it, it was evidenced by him winning the uh, the Willie Mack Award in 2013. So he's going to join us on this podcast, a nice conversation with Hunter Pence, reflecting on his career in San Francisco and what it means for him to go up on the Wall of Fame. But a couple of pieces of business we got to get to first. How about the Giants deciding to bring back Wilmer Flores on a, a contract extension. I was sort of fearful that he was going to hit free agency this offseason and he would get some other suitors. Uh-uh. He is staying a San Francisco Giant and I know that people uh, like like managers aren't supposed to play favorites and so it's like having kids. You can't pick your favorite kid but I- I've got a feeling Gabe Kapler has got a real, real soft spot or a special place for Wilmer Flores. He's a consummate pro. Uh, I always say he's like, I, th- I probably have said this on the podcast before, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Departed. No matter what happens, what the situation is, his hand doesn't move. He's steady as she goes. He's got ice in his veins. He's great in late and close situations. Can play him all over the diamond, albeit not the best defender. He's a guy who's going to slot in there at some first base for the Giants next year. And he signs a two-year contract extension uh, for $13 million. And then there's a mutual option on the back end of it for a third year. So Wilmer could be playing the next three years here 
in San Francisco. One other thing we should hit on from earlier this week, Cole Waits made his big league debut for the Giants, and, and it's significant because he's the first player in the Farhan and, and Scott Harris regime, I don't know if we call it a regime, since they took over the helm and the brass of the San Francisco Giants to draft a player and make it to the bigs. Cole Waits is the first guy to do it in a Giants uniform, and he's had a phenomenal season pitching in Eugene single-A, pitching in Richmond double-A, pitching in Sacramento triple-A, and now in the bigs all in one season. His numbers in triple-A across three levels this year, 40 and two-thirds innings pitched, and he had 75 strikeouts to go with a 1.99 ERA. I don't know about you, but with the flames this kid was throwing, got out of a jam on Tuesday night, I think uh, the Giants are giving him a little audition for what could be a bullpen role for him carved out in 2023. Maybe a setup guy for a guy like Camilo Doval. That would be really nice to have a couple of homegrown guys, a la the core four, at the back end of the bullpen. All right. Let's get into the conversation with Hunter Pence, an all-time great San Francisco Giant. Gets traded over here in 2012. Do you remember the trade? It was well, actually one of my favorite Giants got traded over there, a, uh, a Bay Area guy out of San Ramon Valley and a Chabot gladiator like myself. Uh, Nate Sheerholz was traded there, Tommy Joseph, and then right-hander Seth Rosen, or Rosen, I guess would be the, uh, the third guy, who went over there in a three-for-one for Hunter Pence. The Phillies had acquired him the year before. The Giants had an opportunity to make a run in 2012. They went and they got Hunter Pence, and the rest, as they say, is history. That's going to lead us right into our wonderful, thoughtful, great conversation with one of my all-time favorites, and I'd say a lot of current Giants fans' favorites. Number eight, Hunter Pence. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Inside Giant Moments podcast, Giants legend number eight, Hunter Pence, who's going to go up on the Wall of Fame this weekend uh, during the Dodger series on Saturday. Should be a whole lot of fun. Hunter, great to have you, man. Thanks for making time. Hey, Adam. It's wonderful to be here. What a yeah, pleasure. It's, yeah, it's it's cool, man. And you're uh, I mean, one of one of the more uh, one of the favorite giants, I think, over the last, I don't know, I'd say generation plus, right? And of all time giants, I think you hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts. So great to have you on. One of my favorite things as a fan is when a, a player retires and we get to kind of see what you're still up to, right? And the fact that you've kind of stepped into the broadcast booth, you're still out there on social media putting out a lot of fun content. It's been a blast to hear you this year and uh, and see you on MLB Network. Uh how's it been going so far? How's the broadcasting for you? It, it, you know what? It's been fun. And, and once again, like I love the game of baseball. It's an honor to be a part of such a great organization, uh, the San Francisco Giants for so long. And I love the Bay Area. It, it kind of is true to my soul. Whenever I got here, everything just kind of felt right. I feel like I belong. And um, yeah, yeah, getting active in, in the broadcast booth with the legends that the Giants have as far as learning from John Miller and Fleming and, and Crook and Kite. Uh, I've been really fortunate with that opportunity. So broadcasting has been fun. I love the game of baseball. Um, I'm not like some master broadcaster, but I've played a lot of baseball. I think about it in a lot of ways. And I also know that I don't know everything. So the curious mind and a curious heart, it's been fun. Would you have considered yourself like while you were playing or, or leading up to playing and, and, you know, being a kid and a fan of the game? Were you a student of the game? Were you into the intricacies, into the strategy? Like what, what element of baseball sort of drew you to it as a kid? Um, I think I've always just loved hitting and I've always wanted to hit every ball farther than I hit the last ball. And so I think I got a little too caught up in, in my career in like power. Like I love throwing hard and hitting far. And, you know, I was kind of a, a fire energy, if you will. And like, I, I wanted to play like a rock star. I was like, I always would say like, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Like I'm burning it down kind of mentality. And uh, you know, I think as I got older and you get wiser, you start learning, you know, like efficiency and you start learning uh, about 
um, you know, how to, how do you like master your craft? And I think I just loved baseball. I loved playing as a team and I loved hitting the ball as far as I could. But then as I grew up I, and the beauty of the balance of baseball, the drama of baseball, the dance of baseball and looking at it in, in different ways, upside down, right side out and, and sideways. So uh, there's a lot to learn. It's a, a, a question that doesn't ever have a full answer. Like you never answer the question of how to master baseball. If you did, we'd have the same World Series team every single year. And obviously that's not the case. I love you talking love about you. the balance of baseball because it's true. There's cause and effect in, in so much that happens. Everything in baseball is a domino that leads to something else. Uh, just sort of uh, going back to the broadcasting, though, you mentioned the great broadcasters in the Giants organization. When you were playing or as a player, because I think for fans, that's one of the coolest things is, yeah, seeing the highlights, seeing the great moments, but the calls that go with the highlights are such a special part of it. Did you like, at, you know, I don't know, get your first big league hit or hitting a home run or watching the Giants win a World Series? Did you ever go back and watch any of those highlights or, or see some of the great calls? Like, is that something play? do or that you enjoyed as a player um you know I, I didn't really get the opportunity to do that too much as a player but you hear the call like a lot of times like as you're running into the clubhouse or whatever to grab food or to you know go to the bathroom or whatever so you're constantly hearing the call and then as you once I retired like getting to listen to them obviously I'm extraordinarily inspired and and there's times that you hear the call if it's on on replay or whatever after the game um, but I was very inspired by what Crook and Kipe were able to do, um, their personalities, their making it fun, their lightheartedness. Um, I think that they're, they're true legends. And now that I'm retired, it's like their, 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 their voices and their stories, it, it kind of just fills my house full of life and love. And, and so that's why, uh, to me, they're, they're, the, they're legends. They make it fun um, and, and they, they are so knowledgeable, but also lighthearted at the same time. Yeah, it's well said. I mean, they, they belong in the Hall of Fame. And, and to go from the playing field into the booth, especially for a guy like Kai, who's doing play-by-play -play and is one of the all-time greats, it's incredible. What's what's the best piece of advice you've gotten from either of those guys or from John or Dave on broadcasting? You know, it, it's, it's been a lot. And, 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 and I don't even – I still don't think I understand all of the advice that they give. The first one was from Dave Fleming where he said, no one gets criticized for saying too little. So I was like, all right, back it down a little bit. <laughs> Wayne and, and Mike were kind of like – you know, act like you're just talking to someone you really love, like your mom, you're teaching your mom the game, you know, kind of give it a person instead of speaking out to the great unknown. And I thought that that was really good. And and and, and Mike was giving me a whole story where he, he, he gave this story. He was like, John Wayne came into the clubhouse, you know, he put a pack of Marlboro cigarettes in his back pocket and, you know, he was getting ready for the game and he put on it, you know, whatever. He's like, and he was about to pitch and, you know, he was going out for a nine inning game, whatever, whatever. He's like, you know what people remember from the story? And I was like, well, uh, pack of cigarettes. He's like, yeah, the pack of cigarettes. It's like, you know, I, I didn't really understood what the story meant, but I was like, I guess the little details go a long way, but it was interesting. It's true, man. People who know how to tell a story, it's an art form, how they, how they keep you grabbed and, and those little details and weave you in and out. And I think in baseball, you, that's what makes broadcasting in baseball so special is that that sort of carries you through a game or through a six month season. And I'm with you about letting them into your house. It's like they're your buddies or your friends, companions throughout a season. So I do want to get into some of the Wall of Fame stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to spend some time on 2012 and 14, full of a ton of incredible moments. Uh, your speech in Cincinnati, obviously, Buster's Grand Slam, Scooter Row in the Rain, Sweeping the Tigers, Belt 18th 
seventh inning homer. I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a bunch of them. You hitting the ball three times, uh, Pence at the fence, bum in Kansas City. There's a whole bunch of moments I think fans pull out of those two years. Is there a game or a moment, doesn't even have to include you, where you were sitting on the bench or you were standing there in the field and you got to soak in the moment because it was one of the coolest things you'd been a part of on a baseball field? What from those two years, what moment or game sort of stands out to you? I mean, you're spot on and and, and there's a lot of great ones. And, you know, it, it's hard to like really pick one or two, but there's a couple that I've mentioned several times that were that, that, that stand out that weren't necessarily as, you know, mentioned. But I remember game six against the Cardinals in 2012 and Vogelsong. It was like this. We, we knew once Zito won game five, we're like, they're coming back to our house. And you're facing Vogie and Takane. Like the Cardinals are not happy about this plane flight. Like come, come, come into at the time it was AT and T. We'll call it Oracle Park now. Come into our house and, and welcome to Vogie and Kane. And Vogie was pitching this great game. I think it was like the seventh inning. The sun was setting, and you know it was like an October sunset. It was like purple. It looked like like Batman or whatever. You know Gotham City, and and just like this purple sky, perfect sunset. They're shaking the fence behind me in right field where they like knocked it down. They had to like kind of fix it, and they're just chanting Vogie, 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 and and like he was kind of milking it, taking a little time in between pitches, and it was just like the momentum was insane, and it was just like gives you chills. Three and two, the count. Vogel song throws, struck him out swinging. The high fastball exploding up in the zone and out of the strike zone. And Vogelsong with two shutout innings and five strikeouts already. And also just the fact of what Vogie meant to us and that team and, and his leadership in the clubhouse and his work ethic and his fight and the fact that he was like that one to carry us into Kane going into game seven. So that moment I'll never forget. And, and Michael Morse. Uh, going up against Nishak, who was like a one ERA all season, like a one seven, destroys righties. Boach telling Morse, and Morse is coming back from injury. It's like his first at bat in the series. He's like, "Well, Michael, I couldn't give you a worse situation. Good luck." <laughs> and boom, Michael just freaking hits a bomb, and and like just to tie the game in the eighth, and celebrates it like we already won. And we had always talked about like being the energy as if you had already won, and like we were embodying that. I was like, "This game is over before like it's over. Like you can't beat this momentum." Nishak's one-one pitch, swing, and there's a high drive down the left field line, hooking toward the corner. Goodbye. The place was too nuts. And then Ishikawa hits the, the walk-off homer, obviously, to take us to the World Series. That was the most insane moment that I've ever lived. Like, I felt like the earth was shaking. It was so loud. Like, it felt like if someone took a camera and did this, but that was your real-life experience. And you're just like, what is happening? Now the stretch. Here it comes. Swing. There's a drive. Deep into right field. Right back there. Goodbye. And Travis Ishikawa is being clobbered by his teammates as he comes down the third base line and he is mobbed at home plate. 
I, I love you went to those two moments because uh, moments that are special to me. Me and my brother were watching uh, game six in my in my dad's living room. And uh, I remember my brother saying that to me about Mike Morris saying, hey, if we just got to get to a spot where Morris can come up and, and pinch hit. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but even if he does, I mean, you're still looking to hit a home run. As you mentioned, the injury trying to build up to that. And I think to this day, Hunter, I haven't seen that ball leave the ballpark off Ishikawa's bat. I think I just dead sprinted into my dad's kitchen and I still haven't seen it land, which was, <laughs> which was incredible. You remember uh, the, the funniest part about all that is how about Jake Peavy running out between second and third base? and rounding the bases like Hank Aaron hitting the number 715 or something. You guys, did you guys give him a hard time after that? Or what was, oh, that, what was the fallout from that? That was the beauty of the pandemonium is like PV, his eyesight was kind of going. I don't think he could even see that far. So he didn't know it was a home run. He thought it was just like a walk-off double and was going to celebrate with him out there. And Ishikawa was like pissed off. He's like, get out of my way, I hit a homer. You know, and just like, and he's like, yeah, I don't care. I love you, man. <laughs> so that was kind of the thing. And the funniest thing about that is that he really couldn't see very well. And I remember PB hit like a home run the next year. I was like, how the heck he hit a home run? He can't even see the ball. He's just swinging in case it's a strike. <laughs> Swing hard in case you hit it. The old baseball axiom, right? Uh, I love you brought up Ryan Vogelsong and Matt Cade. It's a good segue into the Wall of Fame because those are two of your teammates who are on the Wall of Fame already. Did you, one, did you know about the Wall of Fame because, before coming to San Francisco? And, and how cool is it you're going to join a couple of guys like PV or uh, like Matt Cain and Ryan Vogelsong up there this weekend? Uh, it's extraordinary. And, and no, I, I wasn't familiar and I probably should familiarize myself a little bit more. I obviously was there at, at Vogie and Kane's, uh, you know, their induction into the wall of fame. And that was really special. And, you know, I think I just love this organization in the city and the team so much. And uh, it really is like, you know, the, the fabric of my soul um, and, and the fibers of my soul just align. And, and um, I, I, I remember just loving Will Clark and the black and orange. And, you know, I think, I feel like the, the giants colors and, and what they stand for and what they represent and how, how well, you know, I, I think the elite level of thinking at the uh, at the head, at the helm with Larry Bear and the president and all the way down, being a part with Brian Sabian, it just aligns. Like black and orange is meant for October and to be a part of such great teammates and, and such a great city and organization, it, it means it's such an honor and a privilege and it's very, very humbling. For it's, sure. It's, it's really beautifully said, man. I mean, it's, I, it, you're right. And that, that baseball to call it the fabric of your soul, I think is a, is a really genuine thing because for a lot of fans, I think, you know, baseball and, and growing up in San Francisco and having that history of a team that's been here since 1958, it's a part of our souls. It's something you latch onto every spring and you ride it into the fall time and then it gets dark and rainy and it leaves you in the cold. And then it comes on back when everything blooms again. And, and you're such a big part of that hunter. It's, it's just really cool that, that we're getting to honor you in this way. We talked about the cause and effect on and off the field and all the dominoes that fall. Have you had an opportunity to reflect on your place in Giants history and truly how special you are to so many fans, man? Um, you know what? I feel it. So like, I haven't really been able to reflect. And like a lot of you're like so in the moment and in the process, you don't realize and you kind of forget like everything that kind of happened for the most part because you're just so locked into the next moment, the next moment. And I feel it. Just because on a day in and day out basis, you know, just talking and, you know, I had this thing that I talked with my wife, Lexi, not really the Giants fan base. It's more of like the Giants fan base, because the way that they treat me, the way that they talk to me and our connection, um, and they, they support, you know, whatever movements I have and, you know, to make a difference. And it, it just feels like a family and, and, and people just coming up and saying thank you to me. And they're thanking me, you know, for just doing my job, like 
love and giving it everything I had. And I would meditate and I would pray on inspiring people, you know, to, to be the best, their best selves. And if I think of like the purpose of our teams and like what our message really was, is that you're better together than you are doing it by yourself. You know, we were, we would preach like unity. We would preach like being there for each other, picking each other up, like, like play for the guy beside you. And like, if you black out like personal, you know, and, and not that I'm, I'm against like, you know, doing things for yourself because self-interest is fine. But like, when you look out for everyone else, it does look out for you. Yeah. That's really well said, man. I mean, beautifully said. And I think that sort of showed through with it, with those world series teams. I think we all kind of saw that and it goes back to your speech in Cincinnati that everybody loves to reference. It's sort of that mentality doing it for the guy next to you. And, and uh, speaking of, of the, the guys that you were there for Matt Cain and Ryan Vogelsong, you were there for their wall of fame ceremonies. Does that prepare you a little bit more? You get anything you're nervous or anxious or excited about what, what do you expect in, uh, when they put your picture up there? I'm definitely all of those. Um, I think mine's a little bit different because I remember Kane and Bogey and Wilson and um, they did it all like on the on the street and it was great, but they're doing mine on the field, uh, you know, following up like the whole Will Clark uh, retirement number retirement. That was an incredible speech. So definitely nervous, but also extremely excited to have the opportunity to also thank how many, you know, I get to bring in people that really impacted my career and thank them uh, on the on the field that, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, accomplish, you know, most some amazing life goals. And um, they were a big part of it that no one sees, you know, your, your strength trainers and the person that you go through the workout with that are literally like dreaming, like thinking while they're going to bed and waking up from a dream and being like, I got to tell Hunter, we got to do this for his hamstrings because they're tight and this is causing pain in the back. Or, you know, there's so many people that did a lot of work and it wasn't just me, you know, like I had a lot of help. And so I think letting them know that, cause you don't just sit there and make a phone call and like say that, cause it's kind of awkward, but like when you get this opportunity, this award to be like, Hey, I wouldn't be here without, you know, what you taught me, uh, you know, you, you, you talking, you know, you, you giving me good inspiration and, and, and passing me a book and you teaching me these lessons and you putting in this work to create these dynamic workouts that were way ahead of their time. Um, so there's a lot of people, little people that meant a lot to me. And, and so that, um, is the greatest gift of all time. Yeah, there's so many behind the scenes people that, that we don't know the stories of or that helps you get to where you are. I think it's a great way to honor them. And we saw that with Will. Will did that too. All, all the friends and buddies and even the names he just called out of people that were sitting in the stands. I thought that was really cool uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, in terms of people who helped you at the big league level, like you were such a good clubhouse guy, I imagine, and, and you just talked about it, playing for the guy next to you, that that was really important to you and a big part of who you were and your personality as a player. Is there somebody like a veteran guy when you came up and you were in Houston, somebody who put their arm around you and kind of taught you or told you what it meant to be a big leaguer and to be a good teammate um you know not particularly but i also came up in the astros organization um you know i didn't come up through the giants organization which is rare to be on the wall of fame with that um but i will say this that i learned a lot from the clubhouse at the giants and that you know bruce bochi and you know i learned from a little bit of, of the way from the astros a little bit you know from the phillies and and that was an extraordinary team but when I got to the Giants, the balance in the clubhouse, the humility of the superstars, um, the risk-taking uh, mentality of Boach and, and, and the freedom to be yourself was, was a little bit ahead of its time as far as the other teams that I was on. Um, there was this balance of like everywhere else I had played my whole career was like be conservative, be safe, you know, don't go diving for the ball, like keep it in front of you and play for the double play. And I get to the Giants and Boach is like, 
go out there and take risks and like let it fly. I would rather be last place and then first place than not go for it. I, I want you, you got to gamble to to be the best. And that mentality kind of fit my soul a little bit more because I was a bit aggressive. I always thought to the aggressor goes the spoils and I hated ha- like trying to hold back. It wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel free. And so um, I learned so much from also you know, Buster is so smart. And then you have like, you know, Pablo, who's is wild Romo, who's wild, um, very relaxed. Like when we got into these, uh, you know, elimination games, it was almost like laughter, fun, dancing. It was almost like it was very calm versus tense. And I think that like the, the, just the eclecticness of the group and the switch in mentality and, and, you know, the first meeting that Boach gave us was step on the gas. Like, I don't care if you mess up, but just go for it. That meant a lot. Like, and I was, we, we, we just like, we took off after that. We were like, hell yeah. Like Boach doesn't care if we mess up, like, but we're going down swinging baby. And and then we just kind of rode that wave of, of aggressiveness and let it fly and, and who cares. And that, that was so fun. It's so funny to hear that that's Boach's mentality from a guy who seems to be such a mellow sort of, you know, calm, steady as she goes manager, I think from the outside looking in, how how was his sense of humor with you? He always appeared to have a real good sense of humor. Oh my God. He was legendary. Like the room changed whenever Boach walked in and, you know, and he was competitive and he was fiery and he would, you know, but then the next day he'd be laughing and joking and like it would, the page was turned like, and he always just had a way of saying something like super clever and super witty. And uh, you just like, yeah, he just lit up the room when he walked in. He's a presence. Uh, many reasons you're going on the wall of fame. We're talking about the clubhouse stuff, obviously. Uh, and you talk about boats, just kind of saying, you know, be yourself, let it fly. How much of that played into you winning the, the Willie Mack award in 2013? And, and how special was that? Because that's, I mean, that's voted on by the, the clubhouse people. That's voted on by the guys you see every day, who you're going to work with that. I mean, it, it's great to get a fan vote, but I've always thought the thing that made it so special is that it's the guys you're lining up to work with every single day are saying we needed this guy next to us. How cool was that in 2013? Well, I think I'll, uh, like if you go to the history of the Willie Mack award and just like who Willie Mack was and what he stood for, it's the ultimate honor. If you ask me, cause he's one of the greatest souls I've ever met in all of baseball. And he had a smile and he was humble and he was like, just had no reason to be humble. This was one of the best players ever, but he was just full of love. And like his, when you were around him, it felt like you were around the sun, like the warmth and the love and the kindness and the joy and the confidence who Willie Mack was means the world to all of us. And to win, you know, to be a part of that family, um, it, it, it's incredible. And uh, yeah, and to be voted on by your teammates and, and peers, it, it means a lot. And um, yeah, truly just like that. It's, it's, it's it, to me, it's like just a part of the Giants history and the forever giant. And, and it's just a little, everything's just very, very classy, very, very, well thought out and 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 it just it, it all it means the world to me because like i said this is the fiber of my soul yeah. uh and, and to be a part of willie mack who is one of the the great if not the greatest giant ever there's obviously willie mays as well but willie mack was the heart and soul and leader and just amazing human i'm with you willie may is the greatest ever but willie mack he was the san francisco giant like they moved out here then he comes up and then you know he, for there's a whole generation of people from the bay area who that's that's their guy willie mccovey i'm lucky as a fan that, that i've got to be around with this many hall of famers in the organization still tied there and it's great that you've got to have that relationship can you remember the first time you you met willie mccovey yeah um 
he just he just had that big smile and said hello and welcome and yeah i just remember kind of how big he was and yeah. and uh, just like you know and i didn't know that much about him as a player because he played before my time but uh as you become a giant you know and you learn more about the history and you go and look up the numbers and you're just like oh my god like <laughs> this guy is the animal and uh yeah and you just fall in love with the the person and and then also like you're like you wish you could have watched him play um because he had that sweet swing he could do everything and honestly i don't think besides in the bay area he gets enough credit nationwide for what he you know obviously he's hall of famer but I think he's one of the best ever to play and he played in a very difficult park to hit in and, and he's just the best. Yeah. There's, there's no question. Uh, just one of the all-time greats at one point we had more homers than anybody in national league history, which is a, which was a cool stat for a long time. Uh, you and Lexi stuck around San Francisco after you retired. I think it's great. I told you, I love seeing the social media stuff. She had a really funny one the other day where she's drinking a glass of wine and cut to you flipping the hat backwards and playing <laughs> some music behind it. You guys just put out funny stuff. What, what are your guys, uh, some of your favorite things to do around San Francisco, obviously uh, coffee. I know you're big on the, coffee shops and you guys have got your own the rise and grind coffee are you still surfing riding the scooter playing video games what's a, what's the hobby of choice right now for hunter pence yeah definitely the city surf project and surfing uh you know i just did uh, a little uh ride around the bay with the bay keepers and like working on you know just getting involved at, at, like golden gate park planting trees surfing uh drinking coffee obviously um giants baseball games all the all the usual stuff um but yeah I, I do love getting in the water getting in the ocean and i am still you know I, I love to play video games so really it's just health and fitness and and getting active in the community when we're here and, and being a part of uh, of giants baseball and you know i'm, I'm starting to join in on uh, i got to meet george kittle uh and so i'm like really you know i'm a huge fan of his and and now like you know, following the, the Niner season. I know game one didn't go as planned, but last year started off slow too, man. I believe in this program. I believe in this process. I believe in George Kittle. So um, yeah, getting to, getting excited about the Niners season as well. Good deal, man. How could you not? I mean, and, and George Kittle, that's a great guy for you to you to connect with. I, can, I think he's got some Hunter Pence in him. He, he plays, I mean, you're talking, you know, all out, let it hang out, let, play, be who you are on the field. I think George Kittle, maybe more than anybody in the NFL does that week to week. He's got a lot of passion, uh, but he's also just super nice, incredibly totally. smart guy, hardworking, uh, great leader. He's like that, just a guy you want to root for. And um, man, I'm yeah, I just I was really, really impressed when I met him. Yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun to follow. All right. I was trying to wrap it up with something kind of fun. A lot of times I do a little bit of trivia with one of the players or something we have on, and, and that's good. But I just thought we'd we'd go through something sort of funny that I think some people have forgotten about. I had sort of forgot till our producer, uh, Kelsey, reminded me of it. For a while there, dude, going around baseball, you were like the Chuck Norris or the most interesting man in the world, dude. The Pence signs. I completely forgot these were memes, that this stuff existed. Some of my favorites, uh, Hunter Pence played Marv in Home Alone. Uh, Hunter Pence wears baseball jersey for Halloween. I thought that was pretty good. One of my favorites is Hunter Pence likes the Godfather three. <laughs> one cracked me up. Do you remember why this started, how it started, and, and maybe some of your favorites from around the league? Um, you know, I, I remember it started in New York playing the Mets, and there was just a couple of fans that were holding up signs, and it was like Hunter Pence like can't parallel park. Hunter Pence puts ketchup on a hot dog and. I guess these are things you don't do in New York or, I guess, yeah. and like Hunter Pence thinks game of Thrones is just okay. And, and then it like cut to me. And I remember this was actually in 2014 
And I was like, I was like, I'm not cutting my hair till we win the world series. And, and like I had grown out of the beard and I was just looking kind of weird and I'm just chewing gum. And so I show these, these signs and then it cuts to the picture of me and I look like an absolute weirdo, you know, just like a hey, weird. And I don't, and, and I don't even know how else to explain. So the next day more came and I guess it, people kind of thought they were funny. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving New York. It's going to be over. Then in Milwaukee, they had a bunch. And it was like, you know, Hunter Pence picks hamburger in the hot dog race, you know. And it started becoming like, you know, in Chicago, they were like, Hunter Pence prefers thin crust pizza, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of how it started. And then we decided to join in and make fun of myself. And, um, yeah, we, we, we were like, Hunter Pence, like, always returns his library books on time. Or I don't remember what. But so we other just, people like... can enjoy them as well. I think <laughs> that was the meme, right? Which is just, I mean, it's the nicest heckling I think anybody's ever done, right? <laughs> It was it was funny and it was uh what a what a year huh we got the the hundred pin signs and the yes movement and the World Series championship ball in, in 2014 that was just, and I met my wife to be uh in San Francisco so that was cool heck of a year man heck of a year well Hunter it's it's been great to spend time just sort of walking down memory lane uh, still hearing about what's going on with you I think we're all really excited for you this weekend you're going on the Wall of Fame you hold a special place in in Giants fans heart and in San Francisco history so uh, thanks so much man for the time and congratulations on Saturday it's an honor. Y'all have a good one. I mean, come on, just the just the coolest guy, right? They, they have that saying, like, don't meet your heroes, don't meet celebrities or, or people that are famous that you're a big fan of because they may disappoint you. This is why I love Hunter Pence, and it's why the game of baseball is so special, and I've said this so many times. It's like we let these guys into our homes, and he said it about Kruk and Kipe, even post-playing career. He's like, I have the game on in the background. It's like a companion you've got in your home, and you feel like you get to know these guys. And so when you get to have a conversation or you hear how he reflects Hunter Pence, that is, on his career as a giant, what it meant to him, it really is cool, I think for us as fans to understand and to hear him say that it really did mean as much to him to play in front of us as it meant for us to watch him play at Oracle Park. So very cool, a lot of fun, and a well-deserved honor on Saturday against the Dodgers as the Giants wrap up their final series against the L.A. Dodgers this year. That's a 6.05 first pitch on Saturday night, and uh, Sunday's going to be a 4 o'clock ESPN game, actually, the Sunday night baseball game on uh, on ESPN. That'll be a nationally televised broadcast. Giants hit the road after that for Colorado, Arizona, then they come on home for the final homestand of the year. I can't believe it. These final few games, the Dodgers, the Colorado Rockies, and the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then the season extends uh, out to Wednesday, October 5th, uh, because of the lockout at the beginning of the year. Giants will wrap up the season in San Diego. Hopefully an opportunity to like keep the Padres out of the playoffs or something. That'll be a fun way to, uh, to end the season uh, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Maybe try to keep the Padres out just like they did back in 2010. Anyway, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We love talking Giants baseball with you and we got a few more of these things to wrap up the rest of the 2022 season you don't want to miss an episode we get the willie mack award coming right around the corner so a whole bunch of stuff to get into with the willie mack award we'll be back next week with another episode of the inside giant moments podcast another huge congratulations to hunter pence and uh, go out and celebrate hunter and, and number eight throw the number eight on your back enjoy the celebration enjoy the baseball this weekend i've been your host adam copeland you've been listening to the inside giant moments podcast we'll talk to you next week Swing and a drive! Home run for Brandon Crawford. This. What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Is. Yastrzemski. Gone! And late night Lamont strikes again. again. And belt was all over it. The captain. Inside Giant Moments. It's headed for the bay! The third of the night for Jock Peterson. With Adam Copeland. Well, strikeouts and they're on their feet here at Oracle Park for Carlos Rodon. Okay. Picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 